there's no need to be nervous or anxious, that it's, it's always okay at the end of the day. And you always learn so much the very first time you do something. Um, and then the next time you, you want to go back and do it because you want to remove those boundaries and you want to make great things happen for people. And um, it, it almost becomes like a goal. The Life in Motion podcast is brought to you by Actual Outdoors. They help build beautiful brands that highlight the approachable and authentic parts of outdoor recreation. Said simply, they keep it real. Learn more at actualoutdoors.com. This is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action sports, culture, and more. What's up and welcome to episode 114 of Life in Motion. I've got Kate Mardigan with me from Jacob's Chance. Their mission is to empower individuals with developmental, intellectual, and physical disabilities through inclusive outdoor adventures, sports, art, and more. I'm excited to see how they're making an impact in Richmond, Virginia. Kate, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here and appreciate it. Yes, yes. I, I know I've been uh, following you all for a while, um, but really I haven't had the chance to kind of sit down and learn more about what you're all about. Um, but before we get into that part, let's start with you. What, you know, what is your story, where you grew up, hobbies you had growing up, kind of what led you down this, this road in the first place? Wow. So um, I originally was born in Charleston, West Virginia, and um, I moved to Richmond as an infant. My dad is from Churchill, and um, okay. so my mom is from West Virginia. So um so I grew up basically in Richmond, and uh, I guess in elementary school, um, there I was in, it was the fifth grade, and across from the fifth grade hall was a therapeutic room. And um, if you were, if, as a student, if you were doing well in your class, you could go over, um, you could volunteer your time to help with the therapeutic classroom to help the teachers um, do certain types of therapy with students that had disabilities. So I worked really hard at that young age to be able to go over and um, make a difference and meet new people and just really enjoyed being a part of that class. But um, as time went on, I am not, um, I'm not a big school fan. I did not end up going to college. So I just kind of thought that part of my goals or my dreams um, kind of went to the wayside. And fast forward more years later, um, and I was leaving the baseball field with my, uh, at that time, they were six and eight years old, about six and eight years old, um, maybe even a little younger. Um, we were leaving the baseball field at Glen Allen Youth Athletic Association. And I passed a baseball field that had parents standing out there. And as I got closer, I realized that the parents were helping their kids play baseball. Um, the, the kids uh, had disabilities. So I stopped and asked questions. And, and one of the main reasons why is because I felt so much guilt as a parent being able to sit in the stands and talk with other parents and chit chat about um, school, um, talk about teachers, talking about, I don't know, social groups, all sorts of things that parents talk about and being able to sit and watch your child um, 
achieve a goal or do something that they enjoy, it's kind of a privilege for a parent. Yeah. Um, and it and it really it does help to to bond with other other family members. You make lifelong friends out of the bleachers, or not even if it's not bleachers, it's in a chair and you're watching dance or whatever, what have you. When you're with other parents, um, it really really does help uh, you walk down that path. So anyway, um, I have been told that I have the gift of gab, and I started reaching out to some area high schools to see if they could come in and help volunteer on the baseball field so the parents could have a chance to sit in the stands and live that bleacher just like myself. So that's kind of how it started, Um, and I eventually took over the Glen Allen. It was called Buddy Ball. Um, I became director of Buddy Ball and kind of around all of this is kind of all happening um, around the same time. Again, my oldest was playing flag football for the Glen Allen Ravens. And I met a lady named Terry Retsky and her youngest son was on the field with my oldest. And I met Terry about two years after her son Jacob passed away from complications of his disabilities. And I really got to know Jacob through Terry. And um, Terry talked about how she would have to adapt sports in her backyard for Jacob because there wasn't anything out there for him to do. Uh, you, you could. It was easy for me to sit down at the computer and Google something um, to find something for my kids to do for typical kids. that It's easy for parents. Um, but for parents that are caring for kid, their their children with disabilities, uh, it's not that easy. So uh, after talking with Terry and then the, that whole combination of the baseball field, within a year's time, I really started to get back that passion I had when I was in elementary school. And um, while working full-time job and raising the boys, volunteering, I started adding sports onto what I was already helping out with, which was baseball. So we added basketball. And then it kind of just started to evolve. And um, I eventually shook hands with Glen Allen Youth Athletic Association, shook hands and big hug. And um, we decided to part ways. Uh, and they still support me today. And I still um, shout kudos to Glen Allen Youth Athletic Association. Um, but we we added flag football and then we added tennis and then it's soccer. And then it just became this dream of year-round athletics. Let's make it even more easy for families um, not to have to search that far for something for their kids to do. Uh, and then kind of as, as these years are within this five years, we added a dance. Um, we had a few, uh, dads who wanted to take a group out fishing. And so that's kind of where it started to become, uh, um, not just river city buddy ball, which is our athletic division of Jacob's chance. Um, it, it just started to become a family chance. It, it became more about family. It became more about socialization and other opportunities that so often, um, are, typical families take for granted. Um, So it was time to 
become a legit nonprofit and it was time to name the nonprofit. And I thought that this could be Jacob's chance to live through all the kids that we serve. So that's kind of how the name started um, or evolved. And um, the handprint in our logo is Jacob's actual handprint. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Um, And, and on my path through these paths, it's, Altogether, it will be um, 15 years. Jacob's Chance uh, in February will be 10 years as Jacob's Chance. Um, But on my path, I have every year I run into someone who knew Jacob as a child. Just chance off random moments of meeting someone. And then it's so amazing how he is like with me every day. You know, it's it's kind of cool. Yeah. Great smile. (laughs) No, that's, that's, no, that's special, especially being able to meet the people that, you know, interacted with him, you know, before and whatnot. And then obviously kind of carrying, carrying that on. I think it's really interesting too. the, um, the, I guess the program or whatever you want to call it that you had in school. I mean, I don't remember having anything like that when I was in elementary school, maybe my grades weren't good enough to be able to have privileges like that. But, um, but that, no, that, 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 that whole concept in itself is really interesting because, you know, to your point, whether it's, you know, parents or, you know, us as kids growing up or whatnot, you know, you take some of those things for, for granted because you're not, you know, you're fortunate enough to not be in those situations or you just haven't, you know, been exposed to it one way or the other. So you're not really sure that it's out there and, and, you know, being able to kind of show that, um, that empathy and caring and understanding to do that, especially at such a young age and kind of getting that exposure at that young age um, is really interesting to me because it sounds like that really is where everything started. Um, which was honestly the last thing that I that would have expected you to say that it started there. So that's, that's really cool. I mean, would, would you, would you agree that it kind of was there like that, that empathy? I mean, what, what was it about like that? Of course, you know, I, I don't know how many years we're going back, but you know, if you're thinking about, you know, when you were a kid there, like what, what made you the most excited about that? Like specifically at that young age? Um, that's a really great question. I think it, uh, I think doing something for somebody else who needs a little help, uh, you know, I think, I think as a child, you know, I had things or situations that I couldn't do and I needed help with, um, for success, help for success. And why not pass that on to somebody else? And, um, I'm not really sure. I want to say that it's just where this is where my path was supposed to be. Like this is where I I was supposed to be. Um, And I think so often people have goals or passions and then they think because they don't pursue them right away, then it's just done. Um, But it's funny if I look back now on my life, all the different things that I did do and experience prepared me for where I am today. Um, it's like that whole thing when you're sitting in school going, I don't know why I need to take this. <laughs> I'm never going to use it. Um, but it's true. It's true. I think a lot of, um, a lot of things that I've experienced starting in fifth grade and the, the love that I had for the people that I was helping um, yeah, 
that's where that's where my path started. No, no, I th- and I think that's awesome, especially just because of the young age part of it as well. I mean, because if you and, you know if you look at it now, even with some adults where you know um, they they care and understand that kind of stuff, but they're not always the best suited to handle that situation. You know, depending on what it is just because of the personalities. Um, for example, my wife is a, a middle school art teacher. I love kids. I love my kids, but I could never even think about that. Not that those are directly um, uh, related, but, you know, in a sense, you know, some people are kind of meant or or kind of wired in that way where they're they know how to handle those situations and understand it and and really want to do good with that situation. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, that you love, uh, you know, being able to to help others that might not be able to help themselves in that way. But at the same time, you are also, I, I would imagine, getting uh, fulfillment out of that, which is which is good because your fulfillment is helping them get fulfillment and vice versa. So it's a it's a win win, right? It really is. It's all about just human kindness. I mean, it's it's truly about just being kind to one another and uh, being a part of the village to help each other out. Um, Regardless, if you if you have an obstacle in the way uh, or a challenge, um, you know, it's we all do it together. We all help each other. That's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. We could we could all use uh, more of that for sure. Um, so so it kind of evolved, obviously, like you said, by, you know, watching, um, you know, other parents, um, you know, play with their kids. But then, like you said, they didn't get the perspective from being. Uh, in the stadium or bleachers or whatever, watching them. And so, you know, you took it upon yourself to, hey, why don't you all take a break? Let us help out. You can see what your kid's doing because it's awesome. Um, so so, so when you started doing that, you know, obviously being almost 15 years into it, um, what, did, did, uh, did you notice like a lot of parents um, that, you know, were kind of in your case had kids, but, you know, they were fine or whatnot, where they started kind of catching on like that? Was it like a, a very organic growth in that way once they kind of saw what, what you were doing once you kind of expanded that? Oh my gosh, yes. So um, I think Jacob's Chance, there's so many reasons for it to exist. It's not just for, um, for parents and the support they need, but it also with volunteers uh, the the community showing how um, we need to remove boundaries, yeah, and that we need to help each other enjoy the great things, especially the great things that Richmond offers. Um, for example, just you know, um, our friend Shep with Beyond Boundaries. You know, we that's one of our programs is Adventures with Jacob's Chance and. Um, just from doing that, so many people have learned in the community because they helped Shep. Um, they, they've learned more about people with disabilities than I think they ever would. And I think if organizations like ours did not exist, um, gosh, I don't know. We've come a long way, that's for sure, just with <laughs> the support of the organizations that we have. And we also have you know, our Jacob's Chance is based on volunteers. We could not do it without our volunteers. And they, and typically we like to start at the age, um, like middle school age to come out and help us with our sports. Um, 
but sometimes we get a fifth grader or a fourth grader who'd like to come out and help. And I always find other ways, uh, other things for them to do that are kind of behind the scenes, but they start at that age and they start learning about how to help other people and how to adapt things that, you know, just because someone um, is on the basketball court and just running up and down and not doing anything doesn't, does not mean they're not playing by the rules and, you know, just, you know, it, they're not getting anything from it. Um, if, if a volunteer is running up and down the court with a participant and that, and that athlete is smiling the whole entire time, that volunteer did their job and they learned yeah. then that it's not all about just the act of playing the sport. You know, there's so much more to it and people get more out of it. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. And it's, and it's cool again that you're, you know, from the volunteer perspective that, you know, you're starting, you know, kids kind of younger as well to be able to have those opportunities to kind of show what it means to give back in that regard, which, you know, as it, as it set you up for, you know, what you eventually ended up doing when you were a kid, um, you know, yeah. there's definitely value and, and power to that. Have you, I, I guess from the vault and that's kind of brings up one question. So from like the volunteer standpoint, have you heard any, you know, feedback from, um, you know, parents of, of those kids that are volunteering as far as, oh, wow, I can't believe, you know, you, you know, Jimmy's been doing this for, you know, a couple of weeks or months or however long. And it's really kind of, you know, changed how he acts at home or at school or anything. like that. Have you heard any like stories like that of like those, those kind of trickle down effects? Oh, absolutely. Um, we have a lot of times volunteers that register. We, um, we have a donation button for not just volunteers, but for our participants as well. But we have seen time and time again how volunteer families, after a couple of times of coming out or the volunteers, the families start donating because they see not only what it does for our athletes or our participants, they see what it's doing for their family as well. And how it's changing their thought process about how you how you go out in life and do things that not everybody can do it the way you do it. And you have to adapt. And I think adapting, of course, in the past couple of years, um, that's a huge word for everybody. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we have, in fact, one of one of um, one of my favorite stories is our athletic director now, her name is Sadie Hodges. And Sadie started as a volunteer with Jacob's Chance um, as uh, an athlete volunteer. And also, I believe she was also on our teen board um, that we have that runs our teen scene. Oh. And so Sadie um, gr graduated high school, went on to Longwood, became a special education teacher, came back to Richmond, and then now is our athletic director. So <laughs> it's been a full circle of her starting when she was young. And now as an adult, she is helping run Jacob's Chance. So it's, um, it's things like that. It's, uh, we have had quite a few of our volunteers go into either, either physical therapy, occupational therapy, um, pursue pediatric, um, pediatrics. It's, uh, it's really been fun seeing the, the different 
roads people go after they experience their time with Jacob's Chance. And typically it's not our volunteers. I think they think they're coming in just for those hours that they need. But then eventually our volunteers come back and they don't even ask for the volunteer hours anymore. They're doing it because they want to be there because they want to be a part and make a difference. And they want to give um, the athletes or the participants uh, a chance for success. And sometimes we, we, I think we all need a little bit of help for that success. <laughs> so yeah, we have no, great I've... volunteers. We, we've got several families that one particular family has been volunteering since day one with River City Buddy Ball. So they have gone down this path for 15 years with me. And it's not just been a, a dad and the son. It's been a dad, a mom, and three siblings coming out for the past 15 years. And they don't just do sports. They, they run some of our enrichment programs and... Um, I don't know. Just uh, can't do it without family. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. No. No. That's awesome. And to your point too, you know, it, it, in some cases, you know, people might show up just to get the volunteer hours, and then you know, quickly realize that it that it's much much more than that. So it's cool that you've been able to kind of build and grow that community and and have repeat volunteers as well, um, which also I'm sure helps recruit uh, new volunteers. So so to that point, kind of how how do different I guess what what are the I know you touched on some of the different programs, but what what are are some of your other kind of key programs? You know, what do they look like as far as, you know, um, how long are they are, how frequent kind of that that kind of thing. And and I guess any other uh, community partnerships that you work with as well, uh, you know, to to get those programs done. Um, yeah, um, so obviously, I just have talked about the founding program, which is called River City Buddy Ball, and that's our athletics. And um, one of our new athletics we just added in is Taekwondo, which is really cool, cool. which we started off with like maybe six or seven participants. And then now we're up to like 17 and three different class times. And um, (laughs) it's definitely growing. Um, And uh, another... um, Another one of our big programs, it's an enrichment program. And uh, a big problem um, for families, and I learned this early on, is there's a huge fear with the parents as when the partic- when their kids graduate high school, there's not much for them to do after that. Yeah. And there's a lot of sitting idle, playing video games, um, a lot of phone time. Um, so we started creating some enrichment programs like art. Um, we do STEM music. We have three music classes. Uh, we do something we, well, we, we started a photography class, which, uh, this session that we're getting ready to start, we're going to change photography to filmmaking. Um, I mean, we, we do all sorts of really cool outside of the box things that um, because our, our participants are no longer in high school, they don't, they're not getting that enrichment, um, not, not exercising the brain like, you know, they were when they were in school. So we're providing opportunities like that for young adults. Um, or if uh, some of the um, of our participants are homeschooled as well. So 
there's so many more enrichment classes that we do throughout the week. Um, and then another program that we do is called Adventures with Jacob's Chance. Uh, and um, we do, we partner with Beyond Boundaries. Um, we do fishing, hiking, rock wall climbing, whitewater rafting, kayaking. Today we have a pontoon trip, um, a family pontoon trip. So we are, we are doing it all Um we also do a uh, surf camp. Um, I do that with WRV Surf Shop each year. We've been doing that for eight years. We do two couple of uh, surf camps during the summer down at Croatan or Virginia Beach. It's Croatan's a certain area of Virginia Beach. Um, and uh, we have something called the Teen Scene, which is a social group uh, for teenagers. And that teen scene is run by a board um, of about eight area high schools, about two, two to three students from each high school come together and they learn what it takes to run a nonprofit. They, um, come up with the ideas of social, um, events for their peers that have special needs and they implement it. They do it. They run it. We just kind of, we have, um, one of our board members, Daryl and I, um, kind of oversee it, but they, they run it. They run the whole thing. And I love watching that because, uh, seeing the youth so, so excited about giving back to the community and, and doing for others is just amazing. Um, and let's see that. Oh, we have, we just started a new program called the hangout and that's for young adults that have great, um, graduated. And uh, it's a social scene. We do a lot of just hanging out. Um, we just recently had a pool party. So we try to do, we try to make the social scene um, just like a social scene that any 22, 23 year old up to 35 would want to go do if that's going down to um, Browns Island and listening to a concert, um, going to play darts, whatever it is. Um, we, we want to be able to provide that opportunity. Um, and my goodness, I feel like we do so much. <laughs> we do summer camps. We just finished up, um, summer camps, three weeks. Um, and yeah, we have family fun events. We have another program that we've been doing with, uh, VCU um, kinesiology, health and science. I said that backwards, health, science, and kinesiology. Um, it's called Inclusive Fitness Health. And um, one of the teachers from the program, Matt Scott, uh, has created this program for us, and we've been partnering for a while. And it's basically, um, he has about four to six interns that um, – set up a fitness field and our participants come in for about an hour and a half and they do fitness, whether it's ropes, um, hurdles, whatever it is, um, they're, they're getting, they're getting some exercise because that's something a lot too, that our participants experience is not getting out and doing a lot of activities. Um, so the more we can offer for, for physical fitness is, is what um, we like to do. So, so basically, what you're telling me is 
there's just about uh, nothing that you don't do, <laughs> which is, which is awesome. I mean, that's, I mean, that's so many options and, you know, kind of caters to, you know, every individual's taste, you know, of whatever they're into, which is, uh, I mean, that, that, that list is, is impressive, honestly, <laughs> even, even the fact that you go down to, to Virginia beach to, to go surfing and everything like that. That's, that's, that's really cool to be able to see, you know, how, how you've grown that into so many different programs. And then even the, the age range within those programs as well, because, you know, no, nobody's left out at that point. Um, you know, whether it's interest-based or, or age-based or, or whatnot. So no, that, that's amazing. So, um, Congratulations on that, first of all. Um, <laughs> so, expanded, I can tell you that I, um, COVID is um, as horrible as it has it has been. But when it first when it first happened, um, we were only offering an art and music class. Um, and when the world shut down, I had to figure out what in the world, what can oh, we yeah. do to to make this work and um, at that time, um, my program, my program director now, um, was volunteering at that time, um, Brooke Shea and Brooke and I created a whole bunch of zoom classes. And that's kind of how our enrichment grew because for a solid year and a half, we were doing everything on zoom. We even did summer, we even did summer camps on zoom, um, <laughs> It was insane. I look, we both look back on it now and go, how did we do that? <laughs> um, but grateful for zoom. I can tell you that, but yes. uh, yeah, I have to, I have to definitely throw, um, Brooke's name out there because we couldn't have done it without her. And we even hired her during, during the, the biggest part of COVID, even though I know we're still in it. Um, we, we were able to hire her full time. Um, so that's, that's made a huge difference with where we are. Yeah. Well, it's, it's amazing that, you know, you all were able to adapt yourselves, um, you know, as an organization, you know, through, through what a time that was, um, to still be able to kind of offer and expand what you're doing and not give up, um, you know, on, on the mission, just because of obviously the, you know, limitations that, uh, we're kind of set upon us through, uh, you know, you know how, how COVID went, but, um, so yeah, so no, that, that's really awesome. So how do you, I, I guess, what is the biggest, um, as far as finding families and individuals that, that you can help and, and support and whatnot, how do they usually find you? Is it, is it through other programs they're in through doctors, teachers, word of mouth, kind of all of the above, or like, what is kind of the main uh, source of awareness for you all? Really, it's, it's um, all the above what you just said. Um, and we partner with, you know, with so many groups, we have s such good friends with the autism society and the down syndrome association. And, um, with the school systems, with the counties, uh, you know, just making contact with the different resources that families have all over Richmond. Um, that that's, that's how we, in word of mouth, uh, we do a lot of social media, lots of social media. Um, so that's, that's kind of how, um, word gets out. That's awesome. 
you know, it, it, uh, social media can be used for good as well. So I'm glad it's working for y'all. <laughs> yes. We're very fortunate right now. Yes. <laughs> um, so, so where, I guess, you know, with, with all these different things and obviously over the, the past couple of years, you, you all have added a, a lot of programs. Um, is there anything kind of specific on the horizon that, that you all are, are looking to expand into, or is it right now, is it just kind of, you know, you know, stay steady on the path that you're on, you know, maybe develop some more things, uh, you know, better if, if that's even possible or whatnot, or, or kind of what are the next, the next moves if there are any? Um, so yeah, we, we are definitely, um, gonna, to, to continue to grow with what we have uh, and continue to offer more opportunities. Um, and th- there might be a little something in the horizon, but we're not quite <laughs> ready to, to share that I yet. Keep it on the shush. Okay. I was trying to get an exclusive, but that was, that was my shot. <laughs> you do it. Um, but it's a, it's something that is definitely needed that has never happened. So we're kind of excited about it, but it's a work in progress. So, um, yeah, but no, I you know our goal this year is just to continue to grow um, and get more people, more families involved, and with more opportunities out there. Because I mean, Richmond has so many great things to offer, and uh, we just we want to open that door. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of great, you know. Uh, other um, non complimenting there we go nonprofits out there like you said beyond boundaries and and a bunch of others that I've spoken with um, me being originally from Virginia I don't know if you knew that or not so I'm I'm kind of I'm familiar with the area um, but um, yeah so no that's that's awesome to see that that growth and excited to see what that uh, what that um, secret is eventually so <laughs> and you were talking about Trent earlier Trent's yeah. Trent- definitely one of our volunteers too. Um, when, when we do, um, our fishing or hiking and our adventures with beyond boundaries, Trent's there, but, um, Trent also helps us with some of our enrichment classes as well. Um, I know one thing he loves is working on in the uh, STEM enrichment class. He, he loves science. So, um, we always make sure Trent, Trent's, uh, there to help out with that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Talk, talking to him, he was, uh, um, he, he definitely has a, a good heart as well, which is good that, you know, you're finding those, those volunteers that, you know, what you're doing, you know, truly matters to them as, as much as to the, the people you're helping. So that's, that's really, really great to, to hear that. Um, so, so one thing I always like to ask our guests is kind of one piece of advice, um, for our listeners that they can take away. And I, th- I think kind of what I want to ask this time is, you know, given, you know, you've had a long experience, you know, from, from your middle school days and until now of, of, you know, working with different types of in- individuals with different, um, you know, disabilities and whatnot, what, what would your biggest piece of advice to say, or to give to someone, you know, maybe, you know, maybe they're in Richmond, maybe there's another organization similar to yours, um, you know, in a different state, and they want to get involved, but maybe they're, I don't know, afraid or nervous, just because they don't know how to handle the situation or what might, you know, what might they see or anything like that. Well, I guess, what would your advice be for kind of the mindset to go into a volunteer opportunity? If you've never 
um, you know, been, been around that in the first place, you know, what, what can make that first experience, um, or what mindset can make that first experience best for them so that they continue to be those, um, those really passionate and caring volunteers. Well, I, I think, um, anyone who would like to volunteer with, um, the community that I serve for, for people that have differing abilities, um, I say read a little bit um, and learn, but I, I'm going to be honest. I think in my years and seeing this, the, the first time a volunteer comes out, regardless if they're comfortable, unless they're a sibling um, or a family member, you're going to be nervous that first time. And that is okay. Don't not come because you don't understand or don't know. Uh, knowledge um, equals success, right? Knowledge is power. And the very first time you come out, you learn so much. And then you realize that you were having anxiety over something you really didn't need to. I always tell people it's, it's not, it's not as, um, it's not what you have it built up in your head at this moment. Like once you step foot in and you see your, your shoulders are going to relax and you're going to go, oh, this is what she was talking about. This, this is no different than me meeting up with a bunch of friends um, or, at, or, or going to a sports field. It, there's no difference. They just need a little extra help to have, with, to have the success that um, they want to have. And you, you'll, re- you'll soon and quickly realize that it's it's not um, there's no need to be nervous or anxious. That it's it's always okay at the end of the day, and you always learn so much the very first time you do something, um, and then the next time you you want to go back and do it because you want to remove those boundaries and you want to make great things happen for people, and um, it it almost becomes like a goal. Um, I know I've had volunteers come in nervous the first day and then the second day come back to me and say, I went online and I researched this and I know how to how to make this work for that person. And that's what it's about. That's that's what society should be doing for everybody, regardless if they have disabilities or not. We should always be figuring out how do we help each other to have success. And um I don't know. That's, that's my soapbox right there is that you, I promise you, you do it once and then you realize it's not what you have built up in your head. It is just hanging out with your friends and having a good time and making great things happen. I love it. I love it. I loved, I I heard, I heard the passion come out on there too. So I loved it. (laughs) I think that's excellent advice. You know, you know, don't don't make up assumptions in your head that you don't know experience and then you'll figure out that it's not not what it um, not what you might make it out to be. So to that point, where where can people find you all online, um, see how they can get involved, um, you know, either as a volunteer or as an individual or, you know, how they can support, donate all that good stuff. Absolutely. So if you um, our website, uh, org. Um, you can find tons of information there, um, of what we have going on. Um, our phone number is on, 
uh, on the site. It's 804-640-8109. Um, our email address is also on the website. Um, those are the best ways. We're located at SCORE, uh, which is an indoor soccer facility in the city. And my door is always open. So if you want to stop by and visit, ask me questions, you know, I'm, I'm here. Door is always open. Definitely. Well, everyone, definitely make sure you you check them out, see what they're up to, get involved if you can, um, you know, if you're there local in, in Richmond, of course. Um, but Kate, I appreciate you taking the time to share your story, your passion, and all the amazing things that you're doing at Jacob's Chance. Uh, and I wish wish you all the best of luck. Well, thank you so much. And um, not sure if I could throw this in here, but the, the best way to support Jacob's Chance as well is um, through donations. Um, and you can do that online as well because we, we run strictly off of um, grants and donations. So we truly do depend on our community. And we have a big event on October 1st. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, you know, check that out. You know, skip, skip the, the Starbucks, you know, a couple times a week and, you know, all that stuff adds up. So, and, and obviously go to their website and social and all that stuff for their big event coming up. So, you can support that way as well. So uh, wish you the best of luck for that event. Um, and thank yeah, thank you again. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed, uh, enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for listening. And hey, if you've made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life in motion. Until next time.